Thank you for standing by and welcome to the Pushpay Holdings Limited Interim Results Investor Briefing. All participants are in a listen-only mode. There will be a presentation followed by a question and answer session. If you have a question, you will need one on your telephone keypad. I would now like to hand the conference over to Gabrielle Wilson, Head of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Travis. Welcome to the Pushpay Holdings Limited Interim Results Investor Briefing for the sixth month of the 30 September 2021. Apologies. It looks as though we have lost connection with uh, Gabrielle. We'll go over to the backup line. Thanks, Gabrielle. You can please go ahead on the backup line. Thanks. Welcome to the Pushway Holdings Limited Interim Results Investor Briefing for the six months ended 30 September 2021. Our interim results and interim report along with briefing presentations. Please visit pushway.com slash investors slash have a copy. Investors for general information purchases only and is not an offer or invitation for subscription, purchase, or recommendation of securities in Pushpay. It should be taken into account with and Pushpay's interim and annual report, market releases, and information published on Pushpay's website, pushpay.com. It includes four looking statements about Pushpay and the environment in which Pushpay operates, which are subject to uncertainties and contingencies outside of Pushpay's control. Pushpay's actual results and performance may differ materially from these statements. It includes statements relating to past performance, which should not be regarded as an indicator of future performance, and may contain information from third parties believed to be reliable. However, no representations or warranties are made as to the accuracy or completeness of such information. All information in this investor briefing is current at the date of this investor briefing, unless stated otherwise. All currency amounts are in U.S. dollars, unless stated otherwise. Today, you'll be hearing from our CEO, Molly Matthews, and our interim CFO, Richard Keyes. Following Molly's presentation, Richard Keyes and our Chief Operating Officer, Kevin Cook, will be also available for questions. During the presentation, you will be in listen-only mode. Once the presentation has concluded, we will open the call to questions. We ask that questions come from analysts and investors only. Members of the press are able to organize interviews with Molly following this briefing. Please get in touch with me by emailing investors at pushpay.com, and I will arrange this. Thank you for your attention. I will now hand it over to Pushpay's CEO, Molly Matthews. Thank you so much, Gabby. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Pushpay's investor briefing for the sixth month ended 30 September 2021. I'd like to welcome any new shareholders who have joined the call and take this opportunity for all of our shareholders for their continued support. I'll now turn your attention to the presentation slides that accompanied our interim report, which was released to the market this morning. Before we begin, I would like to note that all dollar figures referred to in this presentation today are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. We are pleased to deliver our results for the first six months of the 2022 financial year. Pushpay continued to deliver revenue growth, total processing volume growth, net profit growth, and EBITDA growth over the period. 
whilst maintaining sustainable margins and underlying operating metrics. Over the period, Pushpay further set the foundation for future growth. We increased the number of products purchased and welcomed to new customers while continuing to successfully realize strategic product bundling opportunities within the customer base. We completed the strategic acquisition of Resi Media, a market-leading streaming platform, and made significant enhancements to our existing product suite. Our performance represents the value that our customers attribute to Pushpay's differentiated solutions and the meaningful progress achieved as we continue to execute against our strategic goal of being the preferred provider for mission-critical software to the U.S.-based sector. Throughout the evolving COVID-19 environment, our customers and our dedicated team have continued to admirably adapt to the conditions that are faced by communities and organizations worldwide. Pushpay's solutions enable communities to stay connected and engaged through innovative digital means which we know is now more important than ever. Turning our agenda to our agenda on slide three, today we will be covering the CEO update for myself, a people update, a product update, a financial update from our interim CFO, Richard Keyes, our outlook, and then we will open the call up for questions at the end. Now on to slide five. Looking at our key metrics over the six months ended 30 September 2021, we will go into more detail on the metrics, but to begin, I would like to highlight a few of our key operational metrics at a glance. Over the six months, Pushpay increased total products purchased by customers from 12,725 products to 15,229 products, an increase of 43%. We also increased our total customers from 10,896 to 14,095, an increase of 9% over the 12 months ended 30 September 2021. Our total processing volume increased from U.S. 3.2 billion, 3.5 billion, an increase of 9% over the six months ended 30 September 2021 when compared to the prior comparable period. Despite the impact being felt globally from COVID-19, Pushpay has made annual revenue retention of over 110% over the last five comparable periods ended 30 September, with the period ended 30 September 2021 maintaining this average. I am also pleased to report that Pushpay's total lifetime value of the customer base increased from $4.5 billion to $5.4 an increase of 20% over the six-month period when compared to the prior comparable period. Before we continue, I would like to take a moment to share an update on how we are thinking about our business and our reporting as we move into our next phase of growth. The acquisition of Resi Media, which we completed at the end of August 2021, significantly changed the way we think about our business, and as a result, we have reviewed the metrics that we consider demonstrate from an operational perspective, the metrics slide are where we will focus our attention when measuring our business as we continue to grow and evolve as a SaaS company. 
We will cover our other financial performance highlights later in this To look more closely at our total processing volume, which increased by 9% to $3.5 billion over the six months ended 30 September when compared to the prior comparable period. While Pushley saw a softer period to begin the first half of the current financial year, total processing volume growth in the second quarter was higher than the first quarter, and the level of digital penetration within our customer base remained consistent. We expect continued growth in total processing volume driven by continued growth in the number of donor management system products utilized by customers, further development of our product set resulting in higher adoption and usage, and increased adoption of digital giving in our customer base. Now on to slide seven for an update on our product. Following our acquisition of Church Community Builder, which was completed in December of 2019, and now with the addition of Resi Media into the company, our strategic focus on integrating the two solutions led to growth in our total product purchase by customers over the six months ended 30 September 2021. Through execution of our strategy, we increased our total product, which includes our donor management system, church management system, and streaming solutions from 12,725 to 18,229 products, an increase of 43% over the 12 months ended 30 September 2021. Moving to slide eight, the acquisition of Resi Media was part of our strategy to attract an increased number of new customers across multiple segments while providing the ability to realize material synergy opportunities through product bundling and integration with PushPay's sales and marketing engine. During the COVID-19 environment, it became obvious that churches we serve are looking for technology-enabled platforms to deliver content and engagement when and how their members are looking for it. The inclusion of Resi Media into our portfolio will allow customers to engage with their communities and manage live-streamed and on-demand media content, apps, digital giving, and more, all in one place. With Resi Media's solutions integrated within our portfolio of brands, Pushpay has a significant opportunity to increase the number of products purchased by customers, as shown here on this chart. We have a significant opportunity to deliver increased value and grow the number of customers that utilize one or more of Pushpay's products through integration and bundling of our solutions. I would also like to highlight that as of 30 September, with the addition of customers, we were delighted to welcome through the Resi acquisition over 75% of the top 100 largest churches in the Outreach 100 list use one or more of Pushpay's products. Resi Media has a higher number of customers in the list than Pushpay had prior to the acquisition, which presents us with another great opportunity to sell donor management and church management to additional large churches. Turning to slide nine, the expansion of our footprint has significantly expanded our total customer count from 10,896 to 14,095 customers, an increase of 29% over the 12 months ended 30 September, 2021. 
As we continue to execute on our sales strategy, our primary focus is on increasing revenue by growing the number of products purchased by customers and offering bundled solutions to existing customers while continuing to net new customers to the business and stepping into the Catholic segment. Resi Media's customers consist of thousands of organizations around the world seeking to engage their online audiences better through a consistently high-quality platform. Churches make up the largest percent of the customer base, and due to the unique ability to offer resilient streaming in extreme circumstances, Resi Media has also been utilized by many other clients in education, sports, and a variety of corporations. This gives us an exciting future with significant growth potential over time. I'll now turn to slide 10 to look more closely at some of our key financial performance highlights and metrics. As we enter our next phase of growth, these are the financial metrics that we will be focusing on. I know Richard will dive into this in further detail, but I'm quite proud of the next few metrics, so I'll just touch on them briefly. Push pay increased operating revenue by 7.9 million to 93.5 million for the six months ended 30 September 2021, an increase of 9%. Excluding Resi Media, push pay increased operating revenue by 6.1 million, an increase of 7%. Push pay enters its next phase of growth with durable and sustainable gross margin. Gross margin increased from 68% to 69% for the six-month period. Push pay increased EBITDAFI to U.S. $26.9 million for the six-month period. The group reviews its performance using underlying EBITDAFI, which excludes the costs such as acquisition-related costs, and believes this measure provides a more appropriate representation of group performance. Underlying EBITDAFI increased by 3.1 million to 29.6 million, an increase of 12%. Net profit after tax increased by 5.7 million to 19.1 million over the six month period, an increase of 43% when compared to the prior comparable period. Operating cash flow increased from 27 million to 30 million an increase of 14% over the six-month period when compared to the prior comparable period. I'll now turn to slide 12. As I mentioned earlier, Pushface strengthened its value proposition by completing the strategic acquisition of 100% of Resi Media for $150 million in cash and Pushface shares, effective 25 August 2021. Resi Media is a U.S.-based high-growth SaaS company serving customers predominantly in the faith sector, and we are thrilled to have welcomed many new colleagues based in Colorado and Texas, as well as new customers. Reggie Media's offerings comprise live streaming services to web, social media, mobile apps, and other locations, and multi-site streaming, which delivers video to remote locations. The addition of Resi Media further broadens our core product offering and strengthens our digital technology strategy as we continue to execute against our shared strategic goal. Moving now to slide 13 for an update on our Catholic initiative, something I'm personally excited about. Over the first half, we continue to work toward our strategic initiative of entering the Catholic segment of the market. 
Pushpay has successfully established its value proposition within the Protestant segment of the market, and we remain focused on maintaining solid market share growth in this segment. We intend to replicate our success in the Protestant segment as we expand our services into the Catholic segment, where significant long-term opportunity exists. With over $30 billion given to Catholic services in the U.S. in 2016, the Catholic segment represents an estimated $330 million annual revenue opportunity. Catholic dioceses and parishes are increasingly seeking solutions, driven to provide digital giving solutions, as well as a recognition that an online and mobile presence is required as a part of a of an effective engagement strategy. Turning to slide 14, Pushpay is currently focused on engagement and ramping go-to-market resources for the Catholic initiative. We expect the benefits from the Catholic segment to be realized incrementally over the course of the following financial years. In September 2021, our Catholic product brand for the Pushpay suite of products, Parish Stack, was introduced to a targeted group of priests, parishes, and dioceses at the International Catholic Stewardship Conference. As we increase our presence within the Catholic segment, we are seeing the majority of Catholic customers adopt the Parish Stack platform, further validating the market hypothesis around the efficacy of a full product solution for both Protestant and Catholic churches. Moving now to slide 15 for an update on our people at Pushpay. We are extremely proud of our people who continue to adapt to the challenging and changing circumstances of the evolving COVID-19 environment. We prioritize the well-being and health of our employees to ensure that they thrive, as we know the dedication and commitment of our team is the reason for our success. As we continue to execute on our strategy, Attracting and retaining exceptional talent is critical to our success. Turning to slide 16, the composition of our board further evolved over the six, first six months of the financial year. Bruce Gordon resigned as non-executive director, effective 16 June 10. The board and management thank Bruce for his invaluable contribution to the board and immense support of Pushpay over the past 10 years. In September 2021, we were pleased to welcome two new U.S.-based directors to the board, Samita Pandit as an independent director and John as a non-executive director. Samita is the chief operating officer of DLocal, a technology-first payments platform enabling global enterprise merchants to connect with billions of consumers in emerging markets. Prior to joining DLocal, Sumita was managing director and Global Head of FinTech Investment Banking for J.P. Morgan. Samita brings nearly two decades of experience in investment banking, advising companies across verticals in FinTech, including payments, financial software, neobanks, and intratech. John is a senior advisor to Sixth Street, providing guidance to portfolio company CEOs and management teams on strategic and operational issues associated with growth. He brings a 30-year track record of innovation, vision, and execution in creating successful growth companies. John has served as chairman, non-executive chairman, and director 
on over 35 boards, and he was also previously a managing director at Bain Capital Ventures. On our management team, Kevin Cook was appointed as Chief Operations Officer in August of 2021 after previously serving as Senior Vice President of Operations. Kevin has spent over seven years at PushPay, and his expertise on organizational design and process improvement has helped to enable the company to quickly scale amidst years of rapid growth. He played an integral part in the success of the Church Community Builder acquisition guiding the IT and operations team through the business integration process. Kevin's leadership has helped ensure the longevity of PushPay systems and tools, which enable the company and its employees to serve its customers well. Shane Sampson resigned as CFO effective the 1st of October, 2021. The board and management thanks Shane for his dedication and commitment to the company over the past six years. Richard Keyes was appointed as interim CFO effective 6 September 2021. Richard is an experienced, lifted company executive with 30 years of healthcare and management experience in large and complex organizations. He has held a number of executive and non-executive roles, including Chief Executive Officer at Abano Healthcare Group Limited from 2015 to 2021. Richard has a strong strategic governance and leadership skills and is providing strength to the PushPay leadership team while recruitment for a U.S.-based CFO is underway. I'll now move to slide 19 to highlight our recent product updates. PushPay's software is built to grow communities, and we are driven by our purpose to bring people together by strengthening community connection and belonging. To highlight a few of the newest releases, in July, PushPay made self-access giving statements available in the app. This feature enables individuals to retrieve their giving statements directly from PushPay's custom church app and simplifies the giving statement distribution process for churches and donor development activities during tax season. In August of 2021, PushPay launched a check-in announcement feature, which allows churches to create an informational message to share with families as they are checking in service or events. These messages enable the church to share important updates such as new instructions for their reopening efforts or safety protocol related to COVID-19. In August of 2021, we also released a public needs capability in the custom church app, which allows congregants to view and sign up for specific opportunities in their church without having to log in or even have a profile in their software. Our powerful mobile-first end-to-end software solutions reforming how the faith sector encourages in a simple and effective way and enables customers to offer greater ease of interaction, increased participation, and the ability to build stronger relationships within their communities. And with that, I'll now hand it over to Richard Keyes, our interim CFO for a finance update. Thank you, Molly. Good morning and good afternoon, everybody. Turning to slide 21, headed income statement, you can see our operating income increased by 7.9 million to 95 million, an increase of 9%. During the period, we processed $3.5 billion worth of transaction, again up 9%. 
Other revenue reflected the change from the Callaghan Innovation Grant, which we received last year, now received as a tax credit this year. So while it will not be included in other revenue, it will be included in tax, and so is neutral to net profit after tax and to cash flow. Good cost control means margins were maintained. This year, we've also reported using underlying EBITDAFI, or earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization, foreign exchange impacts, and impairments. This non-IFRS measure excludes costs such as the RISI acquisition costs and the non-cash adjustments required by IFRS relating to acquisitions. We will report on this on a constant basis and believe it is a more appropriate measure of the group's performance. Using this measure, underlying EBITDAFI increased 3.29.6 million, a 12% increase over the prior period. New profit after tax increased 5.7 million to 19.1 million, a 43% increase. One of the reasons for the high percentage lift compared to the increase in underlying EBITDA percentage was due to the positive change in the foreign exchange rate during the period and reflecting our New Zealand MCs reporting on a New Zealand functional currency. Full details and further management commentary on our result can be found on page 29 to 35 on the interim report. Moving to slide 22, this provides a breakdown of our revenue results. As you can see, with the growth in revenue, we've continued our long-term revenue growth. The other operating revenue reported in this table is largely hardware sales from the new acquisition at Resi Media. The gross margin percentage at 69% increased slightly over the last comparative period of 1%. And if we move to the next slide on page 23, as we can see from the trend, Pushpay continues to have a sustained and durable gross margin of around that 69%. Moving to slide 24, this provides the reconciliation between EBITDAFI through to underlying EBITDAFI. There are two main adjustments made to EBITDAFI. The first being the transaction costs associated with Resi Media, which includes the legal and due diligence costs for the acquisition. And the second one is the impact on vendor restricted shares on employee benefits. This is the impact of the $9 million equity that was provided to the vendors of Resi and is subject to a clawback. Under IFRS, this is required to be expensed as an employee expense over the next two years even though it's not a cash expense. Moving to slide 25, there are two things I'd like to point out on this slide in the statement of financial position. The first is that the purchase of Resi increased our intangibles by $141 million, hence the big increase in the intangible assets. This was funded by a facility which was syndicated between B&Z and J.P. Morgan Chase. While originally at notice, at period the end, this is reduced to $80. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you, Richard, for that update. 
Looking at slide 27, for the outlook on our Catholic initiative, as previously disclosed, the current financial year is serving as a key period of initial investment as PushPay team focuses on establishing relationships and increasing engagement with key stakeholders within the Catholic segment. While PushPay has made an initial investment in talent over the first half of this financial year, our overall investment into the Catholic initiative is currently lower than originally anticipated, primarily due to the recruitment process in a tight labor market being slightly slower than expected. Pushpay expects to further increase product design and development headcount up to plan over the remainder of the current financial year as we continue to develop the functionality of our suite of products to serve the Catholic segment. Where appropriate, we will be capitalizing any product design and development costs associated with the Catholic initiative. As we shared at the start of the financial year, the Catholic initiative is our first step in investing to grow our customer base outside of our core existing market. And we have set the goal of acquiring more than 25% of the Catholic Church management system and donor management system market over the next five years. Turning to slide 28 for an update on guidance. Pushpay has reported a positive start for the first half of the current financial year and we expect continued revenue growth as we continue to execute on our strategy to gain further market share and growth through continued innovation of our products, bundling products for existing and new customers, integration of Resi Media, and expanding into the Catholic market. Pushpay believes this is the best way to maximize shareholder value in both the short and long term. As I mentioned earlier, during the first quarter, we experienced lower total processing volume growth than expected, with the second quarter improving with double-digit growth compared to the same period last year. We have also seen ongoing impacts from the COVID-19 environment, with consolidation of some churches, particularly in the small segment, and slower decision-making on new subscriptions, particularly over the U.S. summer holiday period. We have plans in place to address this and expect to see this improve. Like other organizations, Pushpay has felt the impacts of rising wage pressures of the competitive hiring and retention environment in both the U.S. and New Zealand markets, particularly in the IT sector. As we remain committed to attracting and retaining high-quality talent, staff costs have increased more than originally anticipated and as we respond to the competitive environment. Pushpay is now expecting to achieve underlying EBITDA for the year ending 31 March 2022 of between 60 million and 65 million. Although uncertainties and impacts surrounding COVID-19 and the broader US economic environment remain, excluding the costs associated with impact of the investment into the Catholic initiative, Pushpay expects to achieve underlying EBITDA for the year ending 31 March 2022 of between 62 million and 67 million. In the long term, Pushpay continues to increase the appeal of our products to new customers in existing and new segments of the market, increasing the number of products subscribed to by both existing and new customers, increasing the revenue per customer through combined innovation and 
continuing to look at merger and acquisition as an opportunity to expand. We still believe there is opportunity in all areas of our core market to gain customers. We have been and will continue to strengthen our talent and leadership in sales and marketing to influence new growth initiatives. Leaning into our thought leadership, expanding our penetration into partnerships and networks, and ensuring that we are successful in carrying out our go-to-market strategy for the Catholic Initiative. Although we have maintained an average of over 110% in our annual revenue retention rate, we will continue to look to increase this number by ensuring that we have a holistic end-to-end customer journey that inspires our customers to use more of our products and add additional products. We continue to invest in on-demand learning and product training and high-quality staff members in order to get to this goal. Looking ahead, an exciting future awaits us as we continue to innovate and improve our software solutions to provide customers with effective tools that strengthen connect in their communities. Our success would not be possible without the expert direction from our board of directors successful execution for management, and the hard work of my dedicated colleagues. Thank you for your attention, and with that, I'll now hand it over to the operator to open the call for questions. Thank you. If you would like to press star one on your phone to be announced. To cancel your request, please press star then two. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up the handset to ask. The first question today comes from Wasim Kiraswani from Jordan. Please go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, good morning, everyone. Well, um, can I just ask, can I confirm um, that you customers over the last six months in March, if we, uh, you've obviously provided the growth in, in product uh, uh, net, um, just for the uh, risk? Yep, thank you for your question. We didn't record our number at this point in time. Okay. Um, and uh, is it? I mean, it looks like it's gone slightly backwards. Is that is that the case? No, that's not the case. Um, that we can look to potential um, at the annual report time or in our. Up- but we have really focused our attention, as you can see in the report and the um, and in the brief today, around product holdings and the growth that we are experiencing, both how we cross-sell to existing customers, but the number of products that net new customers are adding at the same time. Right. Okay. And just one more for me. Uh, just on the any update on the on the Catholic uh, pilot underway in terms of how many churches are now part of that pilot program and, and what's the uh, what's the process here in terms of a, a, an end date or review period uh, for the pilot? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the pilot's going very well. We continue to onboard new churches in that uh, archdiocese area uh, through a cohort model. So we're adding new churches to the, to the platform regularly. We're also seeing that are, that are joining us outside of diocese or archdiocese level uh, agreements, which is also a, an exciting kind of growth opportunity for us. So, again, if you remember back to our, our call earlier this year, we have kind of a two-pronged approach. We're selling into both local parishes 
and into diocese and archdiocese. So we're seeing uh, both of those models working well for us. Okay, can you say how many sort of uh, new Catholic clients you've acquired over either on full clients or pilot clients over the last um, six months? Uh, we're not reporting on that number at this time. Great, thanks, Molly. Thank you. Thank you. The next question comes from Gary Scherf from RBC. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you uh, for the questions. Firstly, just on that processing revenue, when you talked about the Q1 being lower than expected, um, what happened there specifically? And you also mentioned plans in place to turn that around. I'm just trying to get a better student in, in Q1. Yes, absolutely, Gary. Thank you for the question. So in the first quarter of this year for us, which is, you know, April, May, June, and then heading into the summer months, uh, the one thing that we can say is, you know, we now are, are very blessed to have over 14,000 customers and can look into our own database to gather some learning. And we placed and diced that data about total processing volume. And what we could see was it was just an overall softening of, pro of dollars given to local churches as opposed to any specific area, segment, region of, of the United States that was impacted. The other uh, kind of good news story there is we definitely saw that improve across the being that, you know, continued periods were, were about a month and a half into our uh, third quarter as well. So I would just say, you know, we, we kind of point toward continued disruption in the U.S. space, lots of start-stop of returning to kind of full services for our customers, as well as, you know, in the United States, we had a lack of what I call vacationing or holiday time for about 18 months, and we saw a lot of people really lean into spring and summer as an opportunity to get away, and we think that that had an impact on overall giving to uh, to U.S. churches. Okay, understood. So more to do with uh, an anomaly in terms of seasonality. Um, more than, so again, this time next year, one would not be expecting that, I suspect. That's our hope as well. Yeah, okay. Um, and then secondly, the plans that you mentioned you had in place to sort of turn around those volumes? Yes, yeah, so um, there, there are a few things that we really lean into. Thought leadership is one, which I know that's a, a bit of a general term, but it really means driving additional um, giving behavior and, and kind of leading from the front when it comes to how we coach our customers on engaging with their communities around year-end giving and kind of returning to church. So leveraging wonderful speakers, content. Uh, we have an internal uh, tool that we call Push Pay University that delivers content out to our customers where they're able to get best practices and learn from each other on how to really deep, deeply engage with givers and those givers who have stopped giving. So that's one of those areas. And then the other uh, piece that we have in place is just you know, really refreshing our digital marketing landscape to ensure that we are uh, maintaining a constant first position in that space. Thank you. Our last two questions. One's on uh, wage cost pressure that you've alluded to, and secondly on the Catholic segment. So the wage cost pressure, um, what are you guys doing to try and alleviate that? I mean, I think in, in many sectors, not just tech, there's a huge amount of demand um, and it feels as though that wage inflation is coming, particularly in tech. Could you give us a sense as to what you guys are doing to try and combat that? 
Yeah, happy to, Gary. I'm actually going to pass over to Kevin Cook, uh, who leads our human resources functions, as well as his many other hats at PushPay, to speak to that. Thanks, Molly, and thanks for the question, Gary. So we're aware of the macro trends in both the New Zealand and U.S. markets, and as part of our ongoing HR program of work, we review role-specific remuneration on an ongoing basis to ensure that we remain competitive in all of our hiring markets. We have part of that process that's underway through the first half of this year, and we are estimating that there will be some increase to wage costs uh, in, in the area of 10 to 15 percent. Uh, but it's something that we're addressing head-on. We've been able to uh, use that to address our retention efforts as well and still remain competitive as we, as we look to grow headcount. Thank you, Kevin. And the last question is just in relation to the Catholic segment. Um, I just want to clarify. So you've got a goal of capturing 25% of the Catholic market over the next five years. Uh, you stated in your pack that the Catholic services segment generated about was it 20 billion, I think, on the pack in, in 2016 for the faith market? So, I mean, should we be assuming that, that 25%, should we just assume that that, that implies what a, a seven and a half bill processing volume from the Catholic segment over the next five years? Is that, is that how we should think about the Catholic market? I just wanted to clarify that 25% goal that you've alluded to. I think you can think about it both from a processing volume standpoint, but it, as well as a staff standpoint. So we, we kind of clearly called out that our goal is to sell both the giving or donor management solution and our CHS, CHMS solution, as well as Resi Media. So we kind of think of it as a balance. And I believe that the number we said was uh, 30, so 30 billion. Yeah. Yes. Yep, 30. Uh, and, and that, you know, for us, it's about 27% of the overall giving happening in the United States. And I'll mm-hmm. just say, Gary, you've followed us for a long time. We love big, audacious goals, and we really challenge ourselves to push and drive hard in, in order to, to really disrupt that space. So uh, I would just say if you want to think about it, that as a blend of both the giving revenue that would come through from processing volume, but then also, you know, adding new customers and staff fees for CHMS and Resi Media. Okay, got you. And so, regardless, it's a big number. Um, how should we think about the the revenue contribution, say, for the remainder of 21 and, and maybe 22 is probably more appropriate from the Catholic segment? Um, I mean, I know you flagged you expect that segment to be realised incrementally, but could, could we just get a broad guide, I guess, on if not 21, because it's so early, maybe 22, or on how we should think about, you know, total revenue contribution from that segment uh, from your perspective? Sure. So when we first put together the business case, you know, we really thought um, about kind of that year three of a five-year plan as the time where we would see that pendulum swing across. And so, you know, we really believe that in order to, um, from a, a revenue standpoint, we have to invest at this point in time. So I would say it would be safe to look at it as the first year and a half here, the next year and a half will be about investment. And then when we get to calendar year 2023, that's really when we plan to see that kind of swing across and begin to pay back. Okay, so no no high-level numbers, I guess, in, in relation to what we should think about for, for 2023 in terms of just the broad revenue uh, potential contribution? Uh, 
I'm comfortable sharing today. Trouble. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. The next question comes from Stephen Ridgewell from Craig's. Please go ahead. Good morning. Molly, just to note, in response to the earlier question, you know, you're not giving out specifics and custom numbers, but just wondering if you could give us, you know, a flavour of whether, you know, push pay was, you know, winning or losing market share, you know, in the, in the core parts of business payments and church management systems, and then, you know, that's a, perhaps if you'd be so kind, an idea in the large, mid and small segments of the market, that would be helpful just to get a flavour of direction there. Um, sure, and I apologize, Stephen, you're breaking up just a little for me, but I believe you're asking if we're seeing growth or, or backwards move in our core market, and I would just say continuing to grow customers in our core market. As I shared at the, the top of the year, the other thing that we've seen with the addition of Church Community Builder and the launch of both Church Stack is we do have additional small customers, although that's not our, our core focus, that are willing to purchase our products at the, the list prices. And so we have seen an increase of small customers that are coming to us because they desire to have a best-in-class, holistic, kind of one-stop solution, uh, which we're happy to serve them. And we're continuing to push, you know, into middle, medium, and, and large churches as well. Okay, thank you. And then just in terms of the, the full-year guide, I mean, I think it's fair to say, you know, an increase in staff costs and, and wages was, was pretty clearly signaled at the end of yesterday um, in September. Um, but just to kind of help, help you know, the analysts, I guess, you know, should we be baking in, you know, what, 10 to 15% growth in overall overheads in the second half this is the first half and, and then maybe a little bit extra for a full-year period contribution from Resi Media? So if we take the 33 million... Uh, indirect costs in the first half should grow that by between 10 and 15 percent, and then you know, allow for an extra, you know, four months or so of trading for immediate to get to where you might land. Is it, would, that, would that be a fair way to start in terms of thinking about costs in the second half? Um, I think a fair way to start is just to to think about the fact that you know we have through this COVID-19 environment, we've really tried to be effective in balancing growth when we think about adding heads for the Catholic initiative to being lean and agile where we can be and just be wise. We saw a little bit of a, a softening of the, the first quarter here. But I think that it's, um, you know, we don't have plans, especially on the Resi Media side, to, to grow by a specific amount across the, the second half of the year. We do believe, and, and I have Kevin and Rick, into this if they'd like to, but you know there are there are synergies opportunities between Resi and PushPay. Um, they actually ran quite lean when it came to kind of back office uh, staffing. So think HR, legal, finance, uh, for joining us, which was fantastic. So we feel like we already have a great start there and have begun to lean it. And you know we we really believe that any added. Should be producing additional growth and revenue for us, so that's how we look at it. Sure, sure, and no, I appreciate the directional kind of guidance is, is understood, but I guess is there, is there if, we, if you put resume media to one side and look at the core business, you know, and, and allow you've obviously got better insight than we do, and we you know push pace head counters and, and kind of what the staff wage growth bills going to look like in the second half. 
So just wondering if mm-hmm. there's any some more specific guidance you can give on overall overheads um, in, in that second half. Is, is 10 to 15 percent the, for the for all overheads the number we should be thinking about, or um, yeah, X three G media, or is it you know lower low? I think that's aiming a bit high. Um, we we don't have plans to increase our headcount in the core market at this point in time. We do have plans to increase in order to fill those heads needed for our Catholic initiative. Okay, um, we continue offline. And just one last one from me. Um, just read the topic of the bias price cryptocurrency. Um, are you seeing demand from you know churches um, to start accepting cryptocurrencies as payment? And is this something that PushPay would consider offering? That's a fun question, Stephen. Thank you. Um, we do not have current plans on our roadmap. We do have a very small number of customers who inquire about it. I would just say, like all things in the payments ecosystem, we stay abreast of changes. We research and make sure that we are both investing in things that are appropriate for our core market in the long term, but also one of the things that we heavily leverage when new kind of new, whether it be payment methods like Apple Pay, you know, or or different items like that come out, we really do attempt to lean into partnership and integration. So I, I would just say that's something we're researching at the moment, but we don't have hard and fast plans around. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Once again, to ask a question, please press star one on your phone. The next question comes from Phil Campbell from UPS. Please go ahead. Yeah, um, morning everyone, or oh, afternoon. Um, just a question on the guidance, because I think it is underlying EBITDAFI guidance. Um, so I'm assuming that it excludes the Resi media transaction costs of, of nearly $2 million. Um, That's correct. That was kind of my first question. Uh, and then the second question, just in terms of the guidance excluding the Catholic initiative, obviously looks as though there's only a couple of million dollars being spent this year. So I'm assuming that the, the original Catholic guidance that will be deferred into FY23, is that correct? Yes, I actually have Richard hop in and answer that one. Thanks for that question. Yes, so we have actually maintaining what we said we were going to do from the previous guidance, but just the spend will be largely in the second half as opposed to the first half, as Molly indicated, with the hiring. I suppose I'm just checking because it's got underlying EBITDA of 60 to 65, and then if you back out the Catholic, it's 62 to 67, so it's implying 2 million, whereas um, previously you were kind of talking more like 4 to 6 million of Catholic spend this year. Expense. I think that was before the capitalised expenses. So you, you, once you take the capitalisation out of that, the impact of the profit and loss would only be about 40, 50%, I think, from memory. Right, okay, gotcha. Um, is it possible to give us, in terms of customer numbers, do we know how many Resi Media customers are pushed by customers? Um, if you take a look, I'm going to have to just flip back. There's a, a chart in the presentation that was shared that shows product holdings. I think that's the best place to look, Phil, just to see um, which page is that. I think it's page six and seven kind of shows those. Maybe I'm off on my page number. Oh, sorry, page eight. So if you take a look at page eight, 
you can see that 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 red piece is those customers that have all three products. So I think that's the best way to kind of peek at that. Right. Okay. I think at the time when you announced the Resi Media, there was, um, you know, nearly three thousand Resi customers that weren't pushed by customers. Is that a number? Um, I I don't think that that's the the hard number. I, we can we can maybe take that one offline, Phil, but. Um, we, okay. again, you know, things that we, we want to make sure that we're doing is we're really talking about our opportunity to grow our product holdings. And, and you're, you're true in saying there were many customers, uh, the majority actually of the Resi Media customers were not existing push pay donor management customers. So that leaves a wonderful opportunity for us. Yeah, great. Um, the, the other one was just, I suppose, um, Talking about the cross-sell opportunity, just um, if you're able to give us any color for when, when you're doing a church stack type product offering, um, or even a parish stack for, for example, like what is the kind of level of discounting? You know, and is that is that been changing over the last six months? And it hasn't been changing. We, you know, we've always used some level. You know, and it. it it varies based on the promotions that we're running at any given time to attract net members to our business. Um, we have a, a fantastic way of cross-selling to our existing customer bases with, you know, people who are already on their account and the kind of problem statements or the problems that those customers are trying to solve for. And we, we plan to extend that into the Resi business as well. I would just say that from a discounting perspective for our when we're cross-selling, it doesn't necessarily uh, – it, it isn't heavily discounted. We do discount sometimes when we're selling that new customers just to have, again, those promotable events to kind of attract that buying behavior out of a customer. Great. Awesome. Um, and then just maybe the final one for me was just, um, you know, I think when you started, Molly, you were kind of had quite a good focus on culture within the business, just wondering how you were going in terms of that uh, that journey. And if you can share with us any, I'm assuming you do like internal surveys and stuff like that, so. We do, um, we do. So thank you, Phil, for that question. You know, culture is something that's very important to me. I think in order for us to be a hyper-growth company, we have to have a winning culture. We have been diving in on several different levels internally, one of them being really ensuring that people have the opportunity to grow their career here at PushPay, another being just increased transparency around internal communications. And I think that those initiatives are going really well. We actually um, have our, our next survey is set to, to head out in in the month of the end of November. So I don't have any details to to give you today, but I would just say, you know, I definitely have gotten tons of feedback from our associates that we are taking ground, as I like to say, in improving the culture at PushPay. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. The next question comes from Jamie Falks from Forsyth Bar. Please go ahead. Uh, morning, all. Two quick questions from me, please. Um, firstly, maybe for you, Molly, uh, to help explain the soft Q1, on speaking to churches recently, are they expecting donation per capita to increase uh, with physical reopening? You know, is this a, a function of online fatigue per se? And how should we think about general congregation sizes post reopening? And have churches kind of seen successful retention of members with the return to physical church? 
Great question, Jamie. Thank you. I would just say, you know, the, you're, you're spot on in saying that the measurement of church attendance has changed a bit. It's ebbed and flowed across the last two years from some, you know, and this has been the case, honestly, for the last five or six years, where some churches only count a physical attendee as, you know, ha as a member or an attender, where other churches really celebrate and count those that engage with them through digital means, whether it's app participation, watching a live sermon on a Sunday, or downloading and watching that later in the week. What I would say is, you know, here in the, the U.S., which is actually the case I know in Australia and New Zealand as well, we've had many different situations where we have, you know, kind of gone back to the return to in-person and then had backwards and have, you know, limited attendance for large gatherings. I would just say from that softening, I really do believe that that was just some some fatigue in the United States in general around participating, whether it be digitally or just, you know, kind of the, the routine of, of being at home so much. And when the opportunity arose for, for communities across the U.S. to take holiday, um, spend some time outside as the weather was nicer here, they really took that opportunity. The exciting thing, and again, I, I can point to our own data set, is that we have seen that that kind of softening only take place in that first quarter. We've seen an improvement in the second quarter, and we've seen even further improvement in the third quarter. So I do think that that was a, a seasonal kind of situational situation, and we're really looking forward to that returning back to a little bit more of a normal. But again, when I say normal, I think hybrid, so meaning churches are going to have in-person services, build community in-person but they're also going to continue to heavily lean on digital participation, and that's why the acquisition of Resi is so important to us, to be able to really lean into and leverage uh, the data that's collected and the quality that's given in those digital engagements. Thanks. That all makes sense. And secondly, you know, how, how aligned have you been on price growth versus volume growth in the half? And have you put price increases through, or are you continuing to offer you know, bundled discounts? Yeah, so we, um, you know, it, it, it depends on the situation, I would just say. When, when we talk about pricing discounts, again, we really reserve that primarily for attracting net new customers to our business for a promotional period. Uh, when we're talking about price increases, I, I think it's pretty safe to say, especially in the season, that wasn't the right decision for our customer bases who are, are experiencing you know, it's change in behavior of their communities and in, in certain circumstances, especially on the smaller end of town, those smaller churches, they're seeing a decrease in attendance that didn't feel like the right thing to do to really focus in on retaining our customers or processing volume. What we do do is we sell more product to our existing customers. So when we, you know, sometimes when we hear about price increase, we need to make sure that we're really breaking that down to understand is that a price increase for the same services they've received in the past, or are they asking us for more? Are we selling them more of our product? And that price then would increase because they're adding additional product. So just to be clear, on a like-for-like -like basis, you're saying there's been virtually no price increase in the half? Correct. Great, thank you. Thank you. Our last question today comes from Tom Deacon from Macquarie Group. Please go ahead. 
Morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the question. Um, just one on guidance. At the time of the Resi acquisition, um, you said that there was going to be a deferred revenue adjustment. Um, is that still the expectation for the full year? I'll actually pass that across to Richard to answer that question. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Tom. Yes, there will be an adjustment in, as part of the underlying EBITDAFI on that slide. I'm just trying to fit to it now. We actually called out um, some of it. So you can see there's the fair value discount on unearned revenue um, there of 277. The total uh, deferred, I'm just quickly grabbing it quickly while I've got in front of me, um, will be 1.4 over the next 18 months. So hence why we're calling it out. It's non-cash and it's an IFRS adjustment. That's great, Richard. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, next one, probably for Molly, just around customers. You know, I guess in the FY21 result, you guys saw, um, you know, a, a reduction in churn, particularly in the smaller end of town. Are you guys able to provide any colour as to how customer churn numbers have profiled post uh, um, yeah, happy to. Thank you, Tom. Uh, we have had really been continuing to work on it. It will forever be a focus for us. We, as I was talking about earlier, you know, we we desire to be a best-in-class software company, and growing that retention rate is always a focus. But I'm very happy to report that our our retention rate has remained high and strong. The only area that I would say, and it's actually kind of a good news story, is we've done such a nice job in retention that even though some churches are, as I mentioned before, unfortunately have had to close in that small end of town or emerging with other churches, we've still been able to continue to hold retention rates across this last year. Thanks, Molly. That's helpful. And um, you know, just one last one on customers. Obviously, there was some impact. During COVID, you guys weren't able to get a direct sales team into the medium and large churches. Um, with those sort of environments, has your access been trending uh, with the direct sales force of late? And what should we expect in the second half? Thanks. We have had to really be quite mindful, you know, between those medium and large churches desire to have relationships with people who they're, they're making buying decisions from and members are feeling safe and protected. And so, you know, we give a ton of credit to our, our people's teams and how they've helped us to manage, to manage this. But we have seen a return to some events uh, in, in the, and towards the end of the summer and into the fall. We've also been encouraging where it's safe for our both customer success and sales teams back out there and, and shake hands and greet people and ensure that we're building important relationships. So I would just say as it's safe to do, and, you know, we follow local guidance um, always, that we will continue to ensure that our sales, marketing, and customer success teams are able to get out and in front of our prospective um, medium and large customers. Thanks, Molly. That's really helpful. That's it from me. Appreciate the time. Wonderful. Well, I'll pass that back to the operator really quickly.
Thank you. We're showing no further questions if you wanted to proceed with closing remarks, Molly. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for your time and questions. I'd particularly like to thank our shareholders for your continued support and confidence, our teams in the U.S. and New Zealand for their hard work, and I especially want to thank all of our customers around the world for their loyalty and excitement, as these results are ultimately in thanks to their uh, important support to us. And I'll now hand it back over to Gabby. Thank you, Molly. If there are any additional questions or for press, please contact me by email at investors at pushpay.com. And playback of today's investor briefing will be available within the next 24 hours for 30 days. The playback can be accessed by dialing 0800-886-078 in New Zealand. And for all other international locations, please dial plus 649-929-3905. The playback PIN number is 100171100. We'd like to thank you again for your time. Have a great day. Thank you. That does conclude our conference. You may now disconnect your lines.